The swamp without a still is just a tent. A martini without olives doesn't quite make it. And Mash Minute is intended for mature audiences. Put on your headphones. Listen for the tone of your favorite podcast, Mash Minute. Well, it's a minute-by-minute detailed analysis. Of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Tierney, and guest will make three. Goddamn Army, MASH Minute. Welcome back to another episode of MASH Minute, where we analyze the 1970 Robert Altman film, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm Megan Coleman. You sound so excited, I love it. I'm (laughs) Tierney Steele. And I continue to be Adam Liebrick Johnson. Hi, Adam! Hello again. I'm so glad you didn't go changing on us. (laughs) It would have been very confusing if you hadn't come back today. I think I would have been really sad if we didn't have you to finish our fun at the top of this helicopter hill. Because today we're going to talk about Minute 80, which begins with Hawkeye looking at x-rays while Trapper continues to torture the lieutenant. (laughs) And ends with Hawkeye and Trapper being driven by a golf course in Japan! Woo! Excitement! I know. In case you couldn't tell, Megan's very happy to be getting a break from the 4077. Field trip! I just can't (laughs) imagine going all the way to Japan just to golf. That sounds incredibly boring. So not a golfer then, I take it. God, no. (laughs) I am not either, but I am friends with golfers, and this does not shock me one iota. <laughs> oh yeah, I know I know plenty of golfers as well. And they they would they will ship they would clubs happily around go to another country to golf. Yeah. And like it's just it's grass and sand and water and it looks pretty much the same no matter where you go. It's almost like they make wherever you are look exactly the same. But it's not tyranny because I made it a different course. Ugh, duh. <laughs> Cultural I imperialism. Golf. Yeah, right. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> No, my, my grandparents and my parents watch a lot of golf. And my dad, who used to be an accountant, um, will talk to me about the business side of golf a lot when I go over and they're watching it. Like, well, did you know that the Chinese are, like, obsessed with golf now? And, like, they have, and it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. I know I know more about Hawaiian shirts. I'm good at wearing Hawaiian shirts. I'm just not good at golfing. I am very good at wearing Hawaiian shirts. Megan. What? Do we need to wear Hawaiian shirts and go mini golfing? Because I would. My, my husband would come with us because that's totally his jam. Because I have and I would again. <laughs> this that's is Golfing true. Minute and I feel like I have very little to contribute to it because other than we golf, I got nothing. <laughs> my best friend's parents golfed and they would take their daughters, which meant I went a few times, but I was not very good at golfing at all. So I guess I've golfed technically. I've mini golfed. Yes, I've mini-golfed as well. I'm much better at that. I've golfed on an actual miniature golf course that's not like mini-golf, but just like a big golf course, but smaller. <laughs> oh! Nice! That was, at, uh, that was at Disney World. I've never done that. Oh, I'm, I'm good at driving a golf cart. Does that count? That That's a useful skill. Yeah. Right? I can help. <laughs> was, that when you, was, that, was that when you were at camp? Yes. love it i can rock the hell out of some plaid pants i don't know about plaid pants but i'm happy to mini golf in a hawaiian shirt anytime we want to set that up you just let me know i will be ready (laughs) i love that trapper sticks the thermometer back under the lieutenant's tongue (laughs) 
and then like turns away from him basically yeah. <laughs> like okay i'm done with you and hawkeye <laughs> keeps examining him too as he after he does that yes it's it's really good because trapper takes over looking at the you know actual information that's been brought here <laughs> and it's like well we can't let this guy relax for a minute i love volmer in the background just sort of saluting and backing away <gasps> Yes. <laughs> he, he looks extremely confused, but he, nobody's looking at him or acknowledging him. So he's just like, yeah. am, I, am, I, am I done? What I absolutely love and bless because it works so well for the Volmer character. You know that's just David Arkin being like, am I still in this shot? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm supposed to be in this shot. I'm in do this I shot? do anything else in this scene? No. No. But- then there yes. probably wasn't a stage direction or anything there. So he just... No. Okay, I guess I'm gonna go now. Saluting yeah. is a thing army guys do, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yes, this works for behind the scenes and on camera. <laughs> and so yeah, apparently Trapper was recommend. Well, Captain John McIntyre was recommended to this congressman by some big heart surgeon in Boston. Aww. That sounds familiar. Yeah, and I. Would like to point out that they always talk about the Boston hospitals on the TV show, and they're just mishmashing words. Yes. There's no Boston general. Nope. There's a Massachusetts general. There's a Boston medical center. There's a New England. They basically just took all the words, jumbled them into a fictional. That's right. Yeah, sure. Probably also to avoid any sort of lawsuit or anything like that from an actual organization. But I imagine that they worked or did their residencies or whatever they're mentioning at MGH, Mass General Hospital, which is right on the river. You go right past it when you take the train, the subway from Boston to Cambridge. Oh, yeah. You could see it from the the Science Museum. Yep. It's it just it it matches the words the most. You know, Charles, it's right by Beacon Hill, which is where Winchester is from. Oh, it just seems... Charles Winchester. <laughs> it seems to work. Oh, we'll get to talk about him someday. We'll be, you know, in our 70s, but we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Charles Winchester is one of my favorite characters on the TV show. Oh, He's amazing. That's not just a, a brass bias talking, right? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. <laughs> okay. Although there is that as well. <laughs> but you know, his his he's one of the only few that actually has like real character development. Mm. I like this idea that McIntyre is so famous that like he's now officially internationally known with this scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also like the fact that that they you know the the lieutenant says that the shrapnel's near his heart, but looking at the X-ray, they know it's nowhere near his heart. He's probably not in any sort of real danger, but they're not going to pass up this chance to uh, go play golf in Japan. Of course exactly. not. And I'll give the lieutenant a pass on that because they can see immediately that it's there. And he says uh, in his heart, that sounds like he was told. Yeah, exactly. Like like someone told him he's got a piece of shrapnel in his heart. Go get this guy. I'm guessing it's the congressman who said, my my precious baby's got shrapnel in his heart. Go find the best guy you can. Yeah. He didn't look at this and he wouldn't know how to read it even if he had. So... He looks so nervous when he's like, I suppose there could be two Captain John McIntyre. The, the thought of that is frightening. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Now for him, it's his last hope. Maybe there's another Captain John it McIntyre. It can't be this guy. It can't yeah. be this guy. <laughs> and Charlie's like, no, no. 
Sorry, I'm just watching it again. Fulmer's just doing oh, his little cue. Just backing I out and saluting. A backing out and saluting. Uh, I hope I don't get in trouble because I'm leaving. Bye. And, and nobody even looks at him. I know. Nobody no. even cares. They're all too wrapped up in the with two John McIntyre's. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love at the I love the end where it was like he he was told initially told him to prep major surgery, and then he gives the captain the lieutenant uh, just some pills. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, Wait, which is it, surgery or pills? Oh, here's the thing that gets even better. I don't think he gives him pills. He hands him two golf balls. Yes, yeah, two <laughs> golf balls. <laughs> I did not notice that. I assumed it was pills my entire life until I was doing this one minute at a time. I was like, what the heck? And then like, once you, once you like realize that they're golf balls, it seems totally obvious. <laughs> So yeah. Of course. So why would he have a bottle of random pills on him? But he would have definitely have some golf balls. Take one of these every <laughs> half hour, hands him two golf balls. Now get into your helicopter and button up your shirt for crying out loud. <laughs> he says, this is a military army, as opposed to all those other non-military armies. I know. <laughs> Poor uncredited actor. Aww. We hardly knew ye. And then I love the way Hawkeye, like, is almost whispering, like, like, if they hear me say this, maybe we won't get to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's not, like, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I like know, to- but I want to go golfing in Japan, so shut up. <laughs> like, I would like to retract a previous statement in which I said that Hawkeye was always the, uh, like, ringleader brains the operation guy. And Trapper would just escalate things because this is all Trapper John. This is all Trapper just being like, just just go with it. <laughs> I got this figured out. It's going to be fine. Dude, Japan, golf. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, Japan, golf. That's totally what Japan is known for. <laughs> right. Golfing? Question mark? I would say food, but you know. Well, you can eat food on the side. Um, or all the theme parks for everything. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that's the thing. I remember, supposedly, it's 1951, whatever. No, my thing is, every guy I know who has become an officer in the military, definitely army. I think everyone that I knew that became an officer in the Air Force, oh, but not Navy, they're freaking obsessed with golf. There must be, like, that must be part of ROTC because (laughs) they all golf. All of them, like, their bachelor parties are a round of golf and then going out that night. Like, every single one of them. (laughs) I honestly don't get the appeal. I don't, I know, I know a guy who was on the golf team in high school and, like, chose where he lives because it is convenient to his, like, he can walk to his club. And I'm just like, okay. I mean, I I live right across the street from a golf course and I see people there every day starting at, like, four in the morning. And I just wonder why. Hey, listeners, if you golf, why don't you tell us why on the post <laughs> F board? Because uh, clearly we have questions and we need some answers. We will be respectful of your chosen hobby. Look, I make I, a I, podcast. I get that not everyone's into that. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I got no problem with people golfing. I just don't get it. What makes golfing fun, guys? Tell us. Is it the beer? <laughs> Is it the being outside? Drinking a beer? Because you can do that and not golf. Yeah, you can hang out with people and not golf. <laughs> that's the thing. Everything that I think of that's fun about it, it's like, but you could do something. Is it the walking? There's a lot of walking. That's true. Because I, I like me a golf cart. I also loved... We never did it when we could drink, though, and that is a missed opportunity, and I know what I'm doing next summer. My best friend who lived next door and I would just go out with, like, a bag of baseballs and just chag balls for, like, hours. And that's pretty much the same thing. Different sport, same idea. Bigger balls. So, 
I guess that's it. <laughs> it was fun. Could have a whole conversation. Just swing in and then eventually I had to go pick them all up, which was a pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah. That's usually the, the least fun part about any activity is cleaning up afterwards. And do you know how hard it is to amass enough baseballs to be able to do that for more than like two minutes? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why does Trapper call Hawkeye Shirley as they walk away? I love this moment. They link arms, laughing joyously as they walk off arm in arm. I don't know. I don't know if it's a direct reference. Would any girl's name that ended in an E noise work here? Like if he said, let's go Tierney. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of, uh, all right, this is not the term that I would use in today, but is it a Nancy thing? Like they link arms and they're giggling as they walk off together. <laughs> well, I seem to recall reading somewhere too that like that was their Nick Elliot Gould and Donald Sutherland like called each other Shirley <gasps> a lot on the set, right? So maybe it just sort of was a improvised sort of a behind the scenes creeping into yeah. the on camera. Megan, Hold on. you just made my day. I'm trying if that's to fi- not true, don't tell me. I'm trying to find it. Hold on. Okay, okay, here it is. Here it is. Okay. Internet Movie Database under the trivia, which is, if you ever look for MASH, it goes on forever, um, <laughs> which is fine. But it says, according to, uh, nope, hold on, here we go. Elliot Gould and Donald Sutherland kept calling each other Shirley on the set. Gould did it in one shot, I'm assuming this one, cracking Sutherland up, and Robert Altman decided to keep it in the film. Shirley was a reference to Donald Sutherland's second wife, Shirley Douglas. Was he married to Shirley at this point? Because wasn't he married to the Canadian who got deported because she, like, helped the Black Panthers with, yes! like, yes! ammo like, and stuff? Yes, I was like, is that Shirley? Right. Who was that wife? Uh, people looking up stuff is my favorite part of Minute, minute Podcasts. <laughs> Donald Sutherland, Lois Hardwick, 1959 to 1966. Shirley Douglas, 66 to 71, two children. Francine Reset, 72 to present, three children. So it was Shirley at the time. It was. Okay. Okay. You know what? That makes me really happy because I thought this was a scripted come along Shirley thing. And I I love, I love that because I love this moment with the two of them. And the fact that it is real makes me so happy. I mean, I don't know why they came up with Shirley, but I guess it's all good. Maybe the first time they met, Elliot Gould said, Shirley Sutherland sounds ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) so my next question is where are they going are they going to get their medical bags because if there's a helicopter there is wouldn't they be getting on the helicopter to go uh, to japan well i always read this as you know you're to report to kokura immediately but clearly they have time to go back and get their stuff yeah i mean you need clean underwear if nothing else right yeah yeah, the lieutenant jumped into that helicopter having delivered the message and then they got like the next helicopter out, I'm guessing, because they would have had to go and tell Blake if nothing else, they've got to go like, yeah, they got to tell let their CO going. know that they're leaving. That would be that would make logical sense. That was always my guess was that they were going to go, you know, pack a quick bag, let Blake know they were head- heading out. And they have just enough time, and they're so pleased with themselves that they get to go golfing. Ta-da! And a gong sounds. It is a perfect, beautiful moment of friendship, and a gong sounds. (laughs) Because how else are you going to show Asian culture in a Western movie without a gong? 
All right, right, fine, it's colonialism, but it (laughs) happens so much in the trailer for this movie, and it's so like, oh yeah, the gong, everyone knows that, and it doesn't actually happen that often in the movie. Not as much as you think. No, I, I get super excited when it actually is here. But yes, we get the gong, and we get stereotypical Asian music. Asian-ish music. Asian-ish is a beautiful way to put it. And cherry blossoms and a golf course. I mean, it does look very nice. I love that, like, we know it's them because of the umbrella. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's all you can really make out at the end of this minute. <laughs> Do you know if they filmed on location in Japan for, for any of it or, or where any I know where exactly the filming where they filmed this. And okay. it was not in Japan. Mm-hmm. It was at the Malibu Country Club. Okay, because I was going to say, it doesn't really look all that much like Japan. No, it looks like 901 and Sinnoh Canyon Road, according to IMDb. (laughs) I did not realize that the IMDb filming locations had the actual street addresses, and now I want to geek out real bad when I go to LA. (laughs) But yeah, so this was a field trip for the actors as well as their characters. Their characters took a ferry over to Kokura, and they took a drive from Malibu Creek State Park all the way over to the golf course. That's probably like a five minute drive. I, I suppose actually since they gave me the street addresses, I could look that up. But you know what? I've I've done enough. <laughs> so this was all filmed in the States. Actually, originally, Altman totally did want to go to Korea and Japan, like film on location. And Fox was just like, what the heck is wrong with you? You're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> we got this back lot. You could just use that. <laughs> We have a whole ranch for you to use, so you're not going overseas. <laughs> and actually, this is the scene before the the scene of them on the top of the helicopter. Like I said, you see it all the time in promotional material for the movie. It's one of the like visually most iconic moments from MASH. And I always think of it when they tell stories about how Elliot Gould and Donald Sutherland really bonded right off the bat. They were the above the credits names and they both thought Robert Altman was a crazy man when they started working for <laughs> yeah. him. Well, you, you, even in these two minutes, you can really feel the chemistry between them. Exactly. It's, it's like you can't take your eyes off of them. They, they are obviously deep into their characters and into the characters' relationship with each other. It's it's really uh, it's really fascinating to watch, and it, it's really a, a very a very nice uh, a very nice relationship between those two characters. They they obviously care about each other, and they know a lot about their characters. They're so in tune with each other. They don't even have to communicate. Like they're having a conversation separate from everything else going on. They're moving. They're doing stuff, and they it's just so smooth the whole way through. And then we move on, and Adam has no idea what happens next. <laughs> nope, I have no idea what happens next, but I'm looking forward to watching the movie in the, in the next week or so to figure it out. Well, in the book, if you remember it all, they do talk about going to Japan with their golf clubs for this very reason. And that is where they get in and explain the pros from Dover, dun, dun, dun. which I love because I've been using that reference since I first saw it, like, Actually, they use it in the show, I think. I've known pros from Dover, and I had no idea. I thought it was some golfing I didn't know, because I didn't know about golfing. (laughs) And then I met people who golf, and they were like, what the heck are you talking about? And then in the book, they explain it, which is beautiful. But it's basically, whenever you go to a golf club, you say you're the pro, the teacher, 
from Dover. And there are so many Dovers, they'll just assume you mean a, one in another state that they don't know. And that way you can play for free. Hmm. It looks like it, looks like it originated from the novel. Yeah. 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 I always assumed it was a reference to something until I was well into my MASH fandom. And then I'm like, oh, this is purely MASH. <laughs> it's just a typical Hawkeye hijinks. And I like that he has hijinks from home that have made it over. Like, he may be in the army, but he's still Hawkeye. Well, you know, you can. he, he was never really that committed to being in the army. He was there because they made him. And so this is usually the point in the podcast where I asked people if there's anything else in the movie they wanted to talk about. But since you've only seen these two minutes, I'm assuming we've covered all your notes from this movie. Well, then there's the the, the Houlihan shower scene. Aha. Which okay. I'm, I'm also familiar with, not having seen it, just I know about it through the uh, the cultural zeitgeist. Uh-huh. No, just kidding. <laughs> Is that before or after this, this? these minutes? It is before this. Okay. Yes. Very, very closely before this. The movie is really a series of different mini stories. So it's, it's vignettes and episodes. and it's Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's where they got the idea to make a TV show of it. I just, I just, I know the story of, of it happening and the entire cast and crew being naked when the, uh, the, the, uh, the curtain around the shower drops to make her feel, uh, <laughs> Less alone, I guess, was the point. Yeah. And again, I would like to remind our listeners that have penises. If you think a woman is uncomfortable being naked, the solution is not for you also to get naked. Just FYI. That's just a little PSA for the universe. (laughs) I, I think I can understand that. But that's, that's not that's not an instinct I've ever had. I get that it was a funny joke. And Sally Kellerman did not seem to, like, mind in the macro picture, but um, that's not (laughs) Not where you want to. Not something to use in your day-to-day. Yeah, yeah, please don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's so funny because how many people were naked who was naked (laughs) varies depending on who's telling the story. And I love that the only thing that stays consistent is that Radar was one of, was at least that. Little innocent radar. Oh, little troublemaker. How was it seeing Elliot Gould and Donald Sutherland in these roles? It's a, a little jarring because because for me, Alan Alda is like synonymous with Hawkeye. Even if even when I still see him in things now, even though he's much older, it's still oh look, it's Hawkeye. Oh. And then I'm I'm far more familiar with B.J. Honeycutt than Trapper John. Because he, he spent mm. the majority of the show. Trapper, yeah. I think Trapper disappeared after the first or the second season. I don't remember which. Uh, thir- Third. Third season. And then I think yeah. the rest of it was BJ. So yep. I, And I, I've always kind of gravitated more towards the later episodes because I like the more serious tone. Mm. I really like the BJ character. Yeah, and I like BJ Honeycutt a lot. But I, I, am, fami- I am familiar with Trapper and uh, the uncomfortable way in which he got his nickname. <laughs> We got pushback when I suggested that that was maybe not a great nickname. (laughs) Yeah, no, that is not a good nickname. (laughs) It's very jarring seeing it, especially since in this particular instance, it seems like Trapper is doing more of the Hawkeye shtick that I'm familiar with from the show. It seems like their characters are are a little reversed. But I think that, that again, is probably mainly due to Alan Alda being who he is. It's Alan Alda being who he is. And there are storylines where Hawkeye is the lead. He and Trapper trade, basically. (laughs) Sometimes Hawkeye is in charge of things. Sometimes Trapper is. And so we just happen to pick two minutes for you that are a Trapper story. (laughs) 
Thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Yeah, especially you. a movie you haven't seen. I I am always impressed when people do that. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I'm, I like I said, it was it was kind of an experiment for me to see if I could have meaningful conversation, and, <laughs> and I hope I did. Oh, definitely. You oh, did. definitely. I, I'm I, very I had a great time. glad. Yeah, no, this worked out perfectly, and I think I really like that you were able to pick up immediately on the flavor of. TJ and Hawkeye's relationship. <laughs> Let's try and make that a thing. TJ, I like it. TJ. <laughs> Put it on my luggage. So <laughs> we will be back with more. We are going golfing in Japan. Megan, how excited Woo-hoo. are you? I am very excited. <gasps> Even though I don't golf, I'm super excited. Are you excited for me to get to talk about the awful history of prostitution in war zones? I mean, it was going to come up eventually, question mark? <laughs> I just, just want to ruin everything for you. <laughs> that's, that's an uncomfortable subject. Yeah, well, yes, I mean... They're going to visit a brothel. Yeah. That's the part of well, the storyline I... I like to forget that happened. So, you know. Just the golfing, please. Just the golfing <laughs> and the hijinks in the hospital. You know? Well, so, somewhere out there, I have a Chinese cousin because of my great-grandfather in World War II. It's it's a thing that's happened in the past. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I, I was really sad that I didn't get, I was supposed to inherit my grandfather's photos from when he was. Okay, so I'm going to say he was in Korea. He was in the Korean conflict. He was on an aircraft carrier, and I don't know that he actually ever set foot on Korean soil because he was based out of Japan. But I was like, oh, but he has pictures of, you know, all the planes, and, like, that would be so cool, and I was supposed to get them, and everyone was like, oh, yeah, they're in this sort of suitcase, and then we were cleaning out the house, and it's like, it's not, they're not here. We have no idea when they were lost, where they were lost. He moved across the country multiple times in his life. They're gone. But I was telling my dad, like, oh, man, I'm so disappointed. And he's like, you know, I feel bad you didn't get them. But I'm also not too disappointed. Because as I recall, a lot of them were pictures from a nudie bar he went to. <laughs> he's like, I was kind of worried that you were going to find them before I had a chance to go through them and edit it. It's <laughs> like, oh, dear. But apparently when you're a uh, young man in Japan with a camera... <laughs> You'd rather take pictures of boobs than planes? You don't really think that someday you might have a granddaughter who studies military history? (laughs) Oops. In in my world, boobs are kind of better than planes most days of the week. (laughs) But that's just me. I mean, I'm I'm sure you guys aren't alone. If you want to find me talking about ridiculous family stories tangentially related to MASH. <laughs> no, I I love talking about MASH every day of the week and twice on Sundays. And I do it over at the MASH Minute post-up listeners ward on Facebook. We have the website mashminute.com. And that has links to other forms of social media if you are not so down with the Facebook. It also has links to our T Public store where you can buy t-shirts and mugs and stickers and all sorts of fun stuff. You'll be able to hear Megan and I next year. Oh, when yes. When we are no longer talking about MASH, we are going to get to talk about some North, North by-, by Northwest. Yes. I'm so excited. Some Hitchcock action. Some Hitchcock action. Yeah, Megan, do you want to explain? North by Northwest is the last Cary Grant Alfred Hitchcock film, I believe. They did four of them, I 
think. And uh, it's one of these minute by minute podcasts where each 10 minutes in this case, so week and a half, you get a new rotating cast of hosts telling you about the movie. And we have minutes 101 to 110. That'll be easy to remember. Start bracing yourself because I'm going to sing 101 Dalmatians a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. And there's like some other great people on there. Like we have Scene by Scene by Josh and Dean's on it and Indiana Jones Minute. And I probably remember them because those people have been on our podcast. But <laughs> to be totally fair. There are a lot of good teams. But there's I'm a lot of good teams. Yes. This. And also... It's Cary Grant. Oh, I would be excited anyway. Right. And Jim O'Kane um, and Hal Bryant, who are also, uh, you know, they did Rocketeer mm-hmm. and they do Apollo 13 Minute. They're, they're on that too. And Jim coordinates these. Yeah, thank Jim, you. yeah, thank you, Jim. So it's less work we have to do. <laughs> but I'm still going to talk about a really cool movie. Yay! So, yes, after, after we get back from Japan and then I make Megan talk about football. She will be rewarded with Cary Grant. I'll be rewarded with some Cary Grant. And Adam, if people are looking for you, what's the best way to find your interactions or melodious voice or whatever you want to plug? You can follow me on Twitter at Big Bass Bone. That's B-I-G-B-A-S-S-B-O-N-E. That's because I play bass trombone. You can also find me on Instagram with that same handle, although I don't post there much because I have no idea how to use a camera, even if it's on my phone. Um, (laughs) If you want to hear me uh, singing body folk music with lots of dirty words, you can check out my band the poxy boggards at www.poxyboggards.com that's p-o-x-y-b-o-g-g-a-r-d-s and i warn you some of the songs get very blue but we are quite good at singing i just figured out who's your voice reminds me of john hodgman <laughs> yeah i can see that a little bit I've sorry heard that a it's bit. been bugging me for two days now <laughs> I wish I wish I were as funny as him. Well, I've had a lot of fun with you on my show. Well, thank you so. very much. I've had a, I've had a blast. I'm I really do enjoy doing these. I wish I had time for my own. Oh, someday. Shake your fist at the sky someday. <laughs> someday. All right. Well, someday being tomorrow, we will come back and talk about the next minute of MASH. Until then, We are Tierney, Megan, and Adam. I just saluted twice, but this is a podcast, so that doesn't mean anything. I'm backing away as I'm saluting. Uh...